Hi, we're Donnie and Chelsea. We're best friends, mortal enemies, and the hosts of I Am The Cute One. On our show, we'll chat movies, gossip about pop culture and current events, but mostly we'll overshare, trauma dump, and embarrass ourselves publicly. After all, we're millennials, so we've been living and laughing and loving through unprecedented events every few years our entire lives. So if talking is your love language, subscribe to I Am The Cute One. With each mortgage-free home, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us. Heroes that put their lives on the line for all of us, risking their lives for our country and our communities. These heroes need your help now more than ever. Help America's heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T, dot org. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. I know COVID-19 has done traumatic things to some of y'all sex life. I know I've heard some of your hymens have grown back. I've heard that uh, if you threw it, he couldn't catch it with a 10-foot pole. I've heard all kinds of stuff. Well, listen, I don't remember sex being nearly as good as WandaVision episode four. I'm just telling you right now, it's giving you all of the KY sensation you need. Look, it's your bonus episode of me and you, the housewives and Marvel two. And we are about to talk about that fantastic episode of WandaVision episode number four. Let's do it. Hey guys, this is the self-proclaimed season ticket holder of pop culture and your mama's favorite black geek. I'm Kendrick, host of the Me and You, the Housewives and Marvel 2 podcast, a podcast that, through my own random and winding rants, discusses everything related to pop culture. Everything from reality TV, to the MCU, to the DCEU, to all of the hot topics being discussed on CNN, NBC, BET, ABC, and 123. Grab your wine glass, sit back, and get ready to cuss and fuss right along with me. Woo! I know it feels like we see Marvel, DC, and every other comic book house announcing new projects every single day. I'm talking about new TV series that are going direct to streamer, new movies that are coming out. 
uh, new comic book characters and lines coming out that are eventually going to be turned into series and everything else. I mean, my God, everybody's making a push for diversity. Everybody is uh, trying to, you know, cash in while everyone is still interested in superheroes. It's a lot. But let me tell you something. If they're all as high quality and experimental and as groundbreaking as WandaVision is, I still bring them on. Episode four of WandaVision was every single thing that I needed. And you know what? It wasn't even an episode where we learned a lot of new information. It's just we've literally seen the the first three episodes of this show. We're getting to see it from a different perspective. We got some world building going on. We now know why some characters are, why some characters got their ass flung out of the world. Uh, where some characters have been for the past five, six, seven years. We've learned a lot in this one episode, and I am ready to talk all about it. I'm not going to listen. I'm already going to be rambling and ranting and raving for God knows how long. I'm trying to keep these bonus episodes short. They never work out the way I want them to because I get so damn excited talking about Marvel and DC and all this other kind of hooey pakatooey. Let's go ahead and jump right into it because that opening scene of this episode was uh as lady gaga will say mind-blowing magnificent amazing spectacular uh uh, uh, groundbreaking everything i've ever seen all that shit oh my god let's talk about it right now we get a glimpse into what life was like after the hulk put on that iron man infinity gauntlet with all six of those infinity stones and snapped y'all asses back into existence no more blip monica we learned was one of the casualties i guess we should have expected that or maybe we didn't have any way of knowing that but we find out that monica was one of the casualties because the episode opens up with literally the dusting that we see happen to thanos and to uh, all of our favorite avengers at the end of infinity war and to thanos at the end of endgame we see it happen in reverse. We see Monica sitting in the chair in a hospital. You know, we were assuming something was happening to her. We don't really know, but she's the one in the hospital. See her slowly getting put back together. And then we see a fully formed Monica Rambo. Unfortunately, she blipped what we find out during one of her mother's cancer surgeries. The hospital is absolutely chaotic. I mean, it's chaos everywhere. People running around looking for their drawers. They can't find their shoes, their car keys. It's all kind of shit going on at this hospital. People are reappearing and the hospital is jammed packed. You hear one of the doctors in the background saying, we don't have space for all these people. What are we going to do? What's happening? It's officially overcrowded. It kind of harkens back to, y'all know I love saying harken. It makes me feel smart. It kind of harkens back to uh, Avengers Endgame. When Captain America is talking about there are fewer people and how he saw some, uh, I think he said whales or some aquatic animal finally coming back to the harbor, which he hadn't seen in a long time. So it was saying that without so many people, you know, less pollution, everything is cleaner, all this kind of stuff. And now we're seeing that now the other half of the world is back and stuff is just as chaotic as it was when they left. And I mean, in an instant, but this scene felt a lot more serious than it did when they talked about the blip in Spider-Man Far From Home. You know, Spider-Man Far From Home a year and a half ago was our first kind of peek into what was life like when Spider-Man and all the other superheroes actually came back. 
they took it as more of a comedic thing because we only saw their perspective from the kids in the high school on the uh, video monitor. You know, we were in high school. They had the kids that did like the little morning news and all the kind of, you know, it was usually the, uh, the kids that got high on the weekends. For some reason, they letting them deliver the damn news to us. But yeah, I digress. They got them doing the, the, you know, the news and talking about the blip. They putting together tributes and all this kind of stuff. But we actually see in this show how people were really affected by it because there were a lot of people on the end of this. So we see that she is, you know, going through this hospital. People are panicking, asking, you know, I'm, I'm looking for my wife and all this kind of stuff. So we see her literally learn about the death of one of our favorite characters, Maria Rambo. How sad, like we went to, we loved this woman in the first Captain Marvel movie. Most people were saying like that was one of their favorite things about the actual movie, the actress and the actual character that she played, Photon, oh my God. The doctor says that she dies two years after Monica disappeared because apparently the cancer that she was fighting when Monica was sitting right next to her actually came back. Tiana Paris's acting during this scene was so heartbreaking oh like uh, finding out your mom is dead but it also kind of gives us a glimpse in, a glimpse into seeing how strong of a woman she is because she barely sheds her tears but you can see that she is absolutely crushed by this news it is so crazy that it will never get well it depends on you know if you're a conspiracy theorist like me i was about to say we'll never get to see maria rambo in the mcu again but do we think maria rambo is actually dead I don't know. That character was so well-liked and, oh, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. I'm of the mind that she's dead, but if that, uh, the guy we meet later on in the episode, Hayward, if his face is any indication of his personality, then maybe she's actually alive somewhere being kept so that he can have that damn job. I don't know. It's kind of crazy because we would think that we'd get a lot more of her being a wise figure or funny at that, especially since we know that sword was going to be such a big part of WandaVision. And now all of a sudden she's not there anymore. She's, you know, her, her, they got the statue in the front, the placards on the wall, all this kind of stuff. But now, man, no more. I feel like we need to mourn Maria Rambo for a minute, but I don't know. It all kind of gives us a glimpse into, uh, the mind state of people coming back from being blipped, like super confused and dealing with basically an entire new reality. Cut to later. It's, I think they said three weeks later is when Monica shows up to sword. We get that kind of aerial view of sword. And then we see the lobby with the big uh, sword statue in the middle, just like the, the shield lobby, you know, like think about Captain America, Wonder soldier, we see the inside of it. And there's that big shield logo in the middle of the lobby. So you can tell it's a division of shield. We go inside of there and, you know, sword, of course, just to remind you guys in the MCU stands for sentient weapon observation response division. So, we see in there, and you know I'm such a, a a fanatical fan. I was pausing shit to look at stuff. So when we got to the lobby, I actually wasn't focusing on any other people like walking down there. I was trying to see what they were talking about on the news. And so they were showing headlines like, the blip brings back loved ones once gone have now returned. You know, that kind of stuff. So even all this time later, because I believe it's, it's close to a month later when she finally comes back to sword, you know, when she's ready and stuff. It's uh, they're still talking about it on the news. People are still kind of dealing with 
what the hell to do. Because I imagine this has nothing to do with the episode, but I imagine that, you know, Marvel glazed right over that shit. I'm wondering, you know, what are these people doing about they they've been declared dead, probably they uh social security numbers we don't you know how are y'all getting jobs you can't get jobs these people think you dead they try to do background checks on you and they say you've been dead for five years i don't know that's just you know where my mind goes when i watch stuff like this i'm such a practical person i need to know where your next meal coming from i you can't rely on uh Pookie that you knew five years ago that you ain't even dating no more. You show up to Pookie house. Pookie got a brand new goddamn uh girlfriend or boyfriend or something. And now you come up in there talking about Pookie, Pookie. Like, uh-uh, take your ass. You remember uh we was uh cussing and fussing and shit when you still alive. You know what? Let me go on because I, I, this episode going to end up being two hours long letting me rant about Pookie them. Monica attempts to use the same ass old ass badge to get up in there. Girl, HR deactivated this shit so damn long ago. That man told her to bring her scamming ass over to their front desk. She said, oh, no, you know, I I, I work here. That man said, well, if you worked here, your badge would work, wouldn't it? Now, look, uh, <laughs> now, hold on now, Mr. Security Man. Don't get your ass swung on trying to be cute, trying to make them little uh, cute ass jokes. See, People think just because they got dimples, they can't get their uh they head knocked off. But that's a that's a story for a different day. The director, Tyler Hayward, you know, remember that name because we'll be seeing a lot of him in the rest of these episodes. And I'm guessing some more of him in the MCU because he just he gives me vibes. Y'all just remember Kendrick Tucker told you Tyler Hayward gives the vibes. OK, he comes over to get her. Since Mr. Security Man was acting like uh, Terry from the movie Soul, <laughs> old Bean counting ass. What's important to kind of notice during this is a motherfucking comic book nod. You know, we love a comic book nod and we love a former movie nod. They pass by a plaque on the wall that says Maria Photon, in quotes, Rambo. Now, of course, we know. Like I've said in every single WandaVision episode so far in this little bonus episode series, Photon is one of the many monikers that Maria, uh, not Maria, that Monica Rambo, aka Geraldine is how y'all know her so far, but we're going to officially start calling her Monica Rambo since we now know her as Monica Rambo on the outside of this force field. That's one of the many monikers that she takes up in the uh, Marvel comics, you know, along with Spectrum, uh, Captain Marvel, Pulsar, Monica Marvel, and a, a, a whole bunch of a bevy of other shit. And we also know from Captain Marvel 1, the movie, that if you remember on the side of her plane, they called it a call sign. Her call sign was Maria Photon uh i was about to say uh post do you remember damn name hell maria uh <laughs> rambo hell y'all know the fuck i'm talking about look the programs we come to find out are falling apart in the space program that monica had been working on for so long and so hard has started to shift focus and now they weren't doing uh as many man missions they were well, they were focusing on man missions now and doing robotics and nanotechnology and artificial intelligence. See, y'all remember uh, nanotechnology? Where do y'all remember that from? Three, two, one. Infinity Wars. See, y'all remember when they had that first big fight in the movie when Iron Man, the Hulk, and as he called them, the Wizards 
came outside and they were ready to fight and the Hulk wouldn't come out of the body. So Tony had to use that nanotech to create that Iron Man suit out of thin air. Now that's some shit there. And see, y'all remember, they recently announced that we're getting an Armor Wars, I believe, Disney Plus show. I don't think it's a movie. I think it's a Disney Plus show. And they said that that show is going to focus on enemy. It's going to be his worst fear, Tony Stark. If enemies got a hold to his kind of technology. So I'm assuming that with this nanotech and stuff, I'm assuming that this show is going to kind of set the groundwork for what's to come with a lot of these different series and movies. We already know that WandaVision ties directly into Spider-Man uh, 3. That's all we can call it because we don't know what the hell it's called. Spider-Man uh, <laughs> bumping from home. I don't know. but And we also know it's going to play into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So we're, we're seeing how S.W.O.R.D. as a whole, even as it's flipped, is starting to do some new things. Along with all the other stuff that he was saying that the program has shifted to, he also said sentient weapons. Now, Monica says it also says observation and response on the door, not creation, in which he responds, well, the world is not the same as it was. Space is now full with unexpected threats. Now, you know, look, she like, yeah, you ain't saying nothing but a word. You remember, I know about the scrolls and the creeds, baby. I know all about them. You ain't saying shit but a word. I believe the takeaway here is supposed to be, if you remember from my earlier episodes, is that the W in sword now has a different meaning from the comic books. It used to be the W was world, but now it stands for weapon. Kind of giving us a role that I'm guessing sword is going to play in the future of the MCU. You know, it's go. We, we remember seeing at the end of uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson, the real one, being on that spaceship. So I'm guessing it, it has to do something with this kind of shift that the MCU is making from only Earth or only terrestrial bound stuff to go ahead and making that shift to the more cosmic side of the uh, Marvel comic universe. So now we get to see it in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I'm excited for it. Side note, I love that they took a moment to let the viewers know that Maria built sword from the ground up, basically kind of showing us and letting us know doing also doing a little world building, letting us know that her and Nick Fury forged a real relationship after Carol Danvers left earth at the end of earth. Oh my God. I'm so damn country left earth left, uh, C 53, whatever the hell it's called at the end of captain Marvel. The first one, see, we already know that S.W.O.R.D. is really, you know, a, a division of S.H.I.E.L.D. So it's kind of implying that, you know, Maria was, after all, just like Ricky Ross, the biggest boss that we've seen thus far. So I'm, I love that. I love that they're really kind of, you know, selfishly. I love that they're basically telling us that a black woman was instrumental in creating this incredibly powerful division of S.H.I.E.L.D., so kudos to you, Maria Rambo. I'm with you, a.k.a. Photon. Hayward tells Monica that he wants her to go to New Jersey for a missing person case. The FBI apparently wants to use one of their drones. Now, I don't know why the hell they needed to call them people all the way from damn uh, wherever the hell they at to use one of their damn drones. But he says that the drone needs a chaperone instead of the other way around. He also tells her that she's grounded from uh, any of the galactic or space missions, and she can only do terrestrial missions for some reason. It has to do with her being a part of the blip. 
And apparently it was her mama that put that in place. So, girl, you can't even be mad, can you, the little Maria? You that, see, that's just like a parent. A parent will get your ass together, even from the grave. They're like, nah, baby, you thought you had big hopes and dreams. Uh, I, I, I got your ass fucked up, Donna. So Monica sat there and she packed them raggedy ass, five-year-old ass bags. You know what? Let me stop. <laughs> I don't even know what that lady luggage looked like. She might have bought some new luggage uh, on the way to Shia. Well, she would hell. She only took three weeks to recover and get her life back together. So I, I'm assuming that luggage raggedy as hell, but it got moths and uh, uh, rat bites, all kind of shit in it. But look, as long as they let you on the plane with it, as long as TSA let you through the airport with it, that's all that matter, girl. I want to say that I love the fact that we get an Ant-Man and the Wasp reference as soon as we arrive outside of Westview. Our boy Jimmy Woo is back on the scene and he walks over to her and he does a close up magic card trick. Now, of course, any of you that remember Ant-Man and the Wasp, when Scott Lang had nothing else to do but uh, sneak with the Deacon, he didn't have shit to do. So he was up there trying new card tricks and stuff. He was, uh, you know, he had that ankle monitor on, so he couldn't do too much of nothing. He was, uh, Jimmy Woo was so impressed by those card tricks that apparently he went home and learned it. And when he wanted to make a good impression on Captain Rambo, that's right, get her name right, Captain Rambo, he walked up doing a card trick. I love that you don't need to really have a lot of background knowledge on some of this stuff because, you know, you could have just seen Ant-Man and the Wasp once and you would have known, but... I love that they do little stuff like that just to kind of remind you guys. It's like a flex for the MCU just to remind y'all that we have one of the best built out universes in the entire, you know, field of cinematography. And it's only getting bigger from here. That's a boss right there. That's a flex on your ass. Wu ends up telling Monica that his witness is in the witness protection program. He's apparently called around and no one is even, it's not like they've just like haven't seen the guy. Everyone is saying they've never even heard of this person. And this is like his family and his friends. They talked to the sheriff of the town and that damn man said that Westview, New Jersey don't even exist and that they're all from Eastview. Now ain't that some shit? Child, that's giving y'all a little glimpse into uh, Wanda fucking up these people's lives, okay? They uh, determined that they can't even contact anyone on the inside and that everyone on the outside has what they're referring to as selective amnesia. Wu even acknowledges the fact that they can't, you know, go inside because the town doesn't want him to. And he's like, I know you can feel that. And of course, Monica turns around and she can definitely feel that. They also kind of hypothesized that, you know, they, they Westview, they don't really, they're guessing that they don't, you know, not affected by any of this because they're trying to figure out why the sheriffs and, you know, the people on the inside are actually affected by this. But they're thinking it's because they don't have any type of personal connection to the town. So maybe Wanda was like, now, look. It's only for the people that live here. The rest of y'all get your ass on now. And don't worry about nothing that's going on in here. Now, I got to know that's right, Wanda, especially the way you blasted Geraldine's ass. I ain't going to say nothing to you. We got a force field alert. Force field alert. Now, see, that man told you that the town didn't want your ass there, Geraldine. But see, you walk. It's a child. I can call this woman Geraldine. 
Monica, he didn't told you the town did not want your ass there, but you walk up trying to feel this TV looking force field. You got your hand all in it, playing with it and stuff. Uh, Mont or Wanda Maximoff got your ass right together. Wanda snatched your ass right in that town, in that 1950s ass town, because she uh, uh, messing around with that lady force field after already trying to get the drone in there that she couldn't use. Let's talk about the drone for a second. That drone that she sent in there, I only want to mention it because it was uh it's important to know that the drone was I think mostly blue with a little hints of red and yellow uh going around the trims. She tried to get that in there. That was her whole purpose of going to New Jersey and she lost them people shit. Now see, if I was sword, I'd be suing your ass right now. I'd be taking twenty dollars out of every single one of your paychecks for losing that damn expensive ass, high ass drone. You didn't set your ass up there and lost. Now see, let me stop because uh HR already mad at your ass <laughs> for trying to use that old ass badge to get up in them people's shit. But now you didn't set up here and lost a drone too. Monica, your ass gonna get fired before you even begin. We cut away from the bullshit and we go to another returning character. Big Darcy Lewis. Now, for those of you who don't know who Darcy is, because I'm well aware that some of y'all do not watch Marvel movies or Marvel shows or anything like that. So I try to break this down, you know, just to give y'all a, a brief kind of, you know, high level overview of characters that you might not know. Darcy, we first encountered her in the first two Thor movies. Now, y'all know there was some trash ass movies, so y'all might not be excited to see her come back. But, baby, she's there anyway. Dr. Darcy, okay? Her voice drives me absolutely insane, but I don't mind what her character is given. So, I'm happy that she's back. I love that she corrected that man about her title now see i was getting dr wendy vibes over in uh the real housewives of potomac now i know this is a marvel episode so i'm gonna try not to bring too much reality tv into it but she bossed up on that man that man said uh he called that lady miss lewis she said no nah, bitch you call me dr lewis and nothing else as a matter of fact she said don't you call me darcy until i make that last motherfucking sally may payment and she said until i pay navian off uh, Fed Loan, Mohala, all these damn people that's chasing after me and calling my goddamn phone at all kinds of hours of the night. Like, like I ain't got kids, like they ain't sleep, like I ain't got to cook my husband dinner and all this kind of shit. Calling me, worrying me about them funky ass $200 payments. You better call me doctor until I make that last damn payment. Don't disrespect me calling me Miss Lewis. It's Dr. Lewis, bitch. Anyway. Big Darcy, Dr. Darcy, has been brought in there to help figure out what the hell is going on with their force field. She determines that there's a lot of CMRB, Crispy McDonald Burger Ranger. I don't know, it was spelled, <laughs> it stood for something. I think it was Cosmic Microwave background radiation something close to that and it's a whole lot of it and it's continuing to grow despite what them people in there saying with they dumb asses. She has a theory and so she requests an old tv now listen she said an old tv she not talking about uh one uh a uh, uh, real flat the, no 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 she said do not go to best buy and get one of them cheap ass high sense flat screen tvs she you know you listen 
you know, you can go to Best Buy and get an 80 inch uh, high sense TV for eight dollars nowadays. She said, no, nah, bring me one of them motherfuckers with the big backs on it like uh, Lucy and Ricky used to watch. Don't bring me one of them flat screen. Do not bring me no high sense. It's going to blow up in the car because, you know, it only cost them uh, six dollars to make it for a, a, a damn uh 80 inch tv so nah don't bring me that bring me one with the big back on you know that big back you take that whole back off it'd be all kind of shit in there uh it'd be elves making cords and shit nah don't bring me that i that's the one i need i need the one with the big back on it like i explained earlier we get a lot of explaining from the other side in this episode so we get to cut to the the man that's in the uh Ooh, like the Marlo Hampton hazmat suit. <laughs> he's in a hazmat suit like Naomi Campbell getting on an airplane and he's going down the hole. Their theory is maybe the force field is only surface level and that it doesn't affect anything underground. So it kind of further, you know, lets us know that this episode isn't necessarily pushing us forward. Like, it, you know, it, I don't know if we learn a whole lot of new information, but it's definitely expanding everything that we know taking the knowledge we already know and really kind of building on it and what that means like in tv terms because you know i like to do this kind of in a uh you know a a a, a, a film critique kind of way what it kind of means is that sometimes storytellers will take the opportunity to create the world around the central plot so that you kind of get a better understanding of that central plot we literally are getting to see like the first three episodes of WandaVision literally from the outside in. And it's kind of funny that they're nodding to that in this episode by literally watching the first three episodes of WandaVision on a damn TV. It is. Wow. I mean, like we get to see this guy because we've been wondering what the hell is going on with this beekeeper and all this kind of stuff. But my guess is he went through there, you know, in a regular hazmat suit. But once he crossed over into, I don't know if it was past the force field or what it was, but once he went through there and, you know, his rope disconnected from his universe, he goes up and it seems like Wanda, her reality might not necessarily would have allowed for somebody in a hazmat suit because it wouldn't have made sense for her TV show. So she made this man into a beekeeper instead of just a guy from sword in a hazmat suit. But see the hazmat suit still had that sword logo on the back. So she knew that he definitely didn't belong there. And that's why she hit him with that reverse on that time stone. I saw somebody online say, cause I was wondering, I'm like, okay, now where the hell this man at? Did you fling his ass out? Like you did uh Geraldine. Cause you flung her the fuck up out of there. I'm like, where's this man? Somebody put a screenshot up that I saw saying that I think this is the man that was scooping ice cream in one of the openings. So at least he got a nice job. Now. Like that, that man was a, a, a high-ranking official at one of the top government agencies at first, but now he the ice cream man, child. Ain't nothing wrong with the kids love ice cream and you love the kids. So, I mean, hell, you, you making somebody happy. It's a nice, simple life. Fast forward a little bit and we see Dr. Darcy getting the damn TV working and we see WandaVision from the outside world. They're showing like the actual episodes too, which is kind of crazy. It's funny that we genuinely like 
watch those episodes and they're watching the exact same thing. They don't know much about what they're seeing, you know, if it's in real time or if it's in the past or if it's an actual sitcom or what the hell is going on. The working theory that they have is that the universe kind of wield a sitcom starring two of the Avengers. Now, how the hell they landed on that theory? I never know, but I get listen. If it makes sense to you, it makes sense to me too. Who am I to question? You the ones there. It probably make more sense to you than will to me. So catch it and, and give it life. One of the parts of this episode that I loved was watching the FBI and SWORD agents start putting together and figuring out who the people are that they're actually seeing on the WandaVision television show. They obviously like immediately recognize Wanda and Vision. I mean, hell, they're two of the Avengers. They had to make the whole uh, Sokovia Accords because of Wanda ass blowing up shit. So, of course, they know Wanda and Vision. They then identify the Hearts, who we know in the first episode, but their names are actually Todd and Sharon David. Then we identify Norm, then uh, Jones, then Beverly, then Herb. Noticed, though, they audibly identified everyone except, who do you think? Who do you think? If you listen to my past two, my past, child, what is it? two or three episodes now child i don't know how many episodes it's been shit if you listen to those episodes then you know they named everybody off except agnes and Dottie. hbic Dottie. Mm-hmm. i'm telling y'all right now i've been trying not to, to hypothesize it but i'm gonna tell you right now one of them is the villain and i'm leaning more so towards Dottie. Dottie has been uh, showing her ass. I believe that I'd read an article at one point. I think that Kevin Feige had to, he had to really like be sure about the person that they casted in that role. So it makes me think that that person might stick around for a while. So I'm thinking Dottie got some, some bigger shit going on. So we'll see about Dottie. And you know, Agnes, I already think her little crooked ass is supposed to be Agatha. Now, you know, Agatha, in terms of the comic book characters, you know, we've seen her interact with the uh, the Fantastic Four and especially Wanda in a friendship capacity. But, you know, I ain't never trusted Agatha as far as I can throw her. So it, it, I'm thinking Agatha and Agnes are still the same person. So we haven't gotten that confirmed yet. But in my mind, it's all but confirmed. So we'll see how that play out. But let's just keep in mind. Let's keep our eye on Dottie. Dottie, we watching your ass. You you've been doing a whole lot, Dottie. We looking at you. Side note: Notice that at one point on the board, when Jimmy Woo was writing, he wrote down hexagonal shape. Now, see, I remember if you guys remember, I told you in one of the past episodes uh, that I felt like that was on purpose that the Brady Bunch intro was not squares, but it was hexagons instead. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to ruin nothing, but I ha- I've been having a theory ever since episode three about what those hexagons represent. I don't want to say anything because I don't want to ruin it for anybody, especially the new watchers that are, you know, just interested in learning. But I got a theory about you, Hexagon. I'm keeping my eye on you too, Hexagon. Agnes, Dottie, and Hexagon. Anything hexagonal shaped, I'm looking at your ass too. Child, cut back to Dr. Darcy walking back to her desk, eating some oodles of noodles, and she saw Monica being the token black character on a sitcom on that WandaVision TV show, and she dropped all her shit. You know the, uh, the, 
girlfriend character that they be having on like Sex in the City and all the, you know, the predominantly white TV shows. She saw Wanda being, you know, uh, not Wanda, Geraldine or Monica, whoever you want to call her, being that. She's sitting down doing something while everybody else walking around and all like that. You know what? Let me stop. <laughs> it's important to note, though, that they can't tell if she is actually like undercover or if she doesn't know what the hell is going on either. And she's kind of in a trance going right along with this TV show, too. Nobody really knows. All we know is that we got to figure out a way to get Monica out of that universe or reality and back into our own. Dr. Darcy has a theory which shouldn't be shocking to any of you if you've watched the first couple of episodes she plans on waiting until a radio actually appears in one of the scenes and transmit a signal to that reality so that they can actually talk to wanda in the midst of setting it up though an agent comes over and shows Wu kind of like a little steal a photo steal from the actual current episode the one that's airing now it's the colored helicopter that Wanda found in her yard in episode two. Now, look, I know colored, I know colored helicopter sounds crazy, but I don't mean like all the black people to the back of the bus colored. I mean, like literally the episode was in black and white, but the helicopter was in color. They reveal, which we know from the beginning of the episode, that the colors are actually reversed. Because, you know, when they sent the drone there first, I mentioned, I, you know, I, I told y'all, pay attention. I told y'all, remember, if you didn't do it, that's your ass. It, the, the helicopter or the drone that they sent over was blue mostly with the gold lining or the yellow lining and the uh, red trimming. When they saw it on the paper, it was predominantly red. Because remember that still from the episode where she goes out into the yard because she heard something. She kind of picks up that red drone. You know, that's kind of the, the the big image from the show. Kind of funny to note, too, that I don't know if, you know, we found out that Monica, I'm sorry, not Monica, Maria, her mom, was actually instrumental in uh, creating S.W.O.R.D. I love the fact that the drones are Captain Marvel's colors. Did y'all notice that? I'm wondering if it's kind of a nod to her friendship to Captain Marvel. And, you know, Monica loves her some Captain Marvel too. You know, that's Lieutenant Trouble. So I'm wondering if that, if I'm just reading too much into that or if that's actually something that they did intentionally or maybe it was a little foreshadowing. You know, we've been hearing that somebody's going to make an appearance on this show. So hopefully, you know, I've been rooting for Carol Danvers. I love me some Carol Danvers. I love me some Brie Larson and anybody that don't agree can go straight to hell. Okay. I love me some Brie Larson. Y'all can kiss my ass. All those colors on that uh, black and white sheet, it, it, it sparks some with them. They're like, okay, let's go ahead and figure out what the hell going on. Let's try to contact Wanda. It's the reverse, literally, of what we saw in episode two when HBIC Dottie was giving Wanda the business at their pool and actually ended up getting cut with a hand and the, the blood that we saw as the viewer was actually red. And child, you know, Wanda saw it too because her ass is about to go crazy. We also see the moment when the beekeeper actually arrives and he gets knowed from uh, her reality. The question is, you know, whether we <laughs> we thinking that man is the ice cream man. We don't know where the hell his ass really is, though. But they they kind of get in touch with her. They kind of don't. And then Wanda uh, 
Wanda knock all that shit off. You know Wanda, if she don't like it, she don't play with seeing. She 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 not about to play with y'all ass. Wanda like, look, uh, bitch, don't kill my vibe. I got shit to do. Now let's go ahead and get to the best part of the damn episode. Seeing Monica's exile from Westview from the other side and seeing what actually happened. Let's take it back a little bit. We see them watching and we hear Geraldine reference Ultron. Remember like we did at the end of episode three. And then suddenly the scene cuts away. It cuts to Wanda and Vision and the twins getting ready to happily sit down and watch something on television. So they like, wait a minute, what happened? Why, who, why did it get cut out? What, what, what happened during that time? You know, their whole purpose of watching this is trying to figure out what happened to Monica. It's like, it's kind of like when podcasters are talking and then it abruptly cuts to another topic. It's like, now, wait a minute, what was said? <laughs> who said something out of pocket and then had it to get edited out? I'm trying to figure out what did, did somebody uh cuss out somebody or did somebody give out some political views that they that they definitely shouldn't have on there because we used to hearing y'all talk about that behind closed doors and now y'all talking about it on the extra damn podcast. I don't know, but that's what it felt like. Anyway, Dr. Darcy and Wu are trying to uh switch scenes. They queue up the episode again and once again, no luck. It cuts to Geraldine it, it cuts all of her exit out. Once again, but then us viewers are in for a treat because some kind of alarm goes off. They exit scene and then it's just left with us finding out what really happened. We know we're getting a glimpse of Wanda's world crashing or uh, her world being disrupted because that TV aspect ratio and y'all know what aspect ratio is. You might not know the term, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. The aspect ratio on the scene once again changes. This isn't the first time we've seen this happen. It's happened in past episodes when Wanda was about to uh, basically lose her shit or felt like she was losing control of the situation around her. Wanda cuts from, she kind of, you know, they, they show Wanda and it she looks off and we're currently in like a 4-3 format where the whole screen is filled with the show. Then suddenly, as she's starting to realize that Geraldine doesn't belong there, the screen goes from a 4-3 format to a 16-9 format. And I said 16-9, but y'all probably know it as widescreen, of course. Then we get to see the full confrontation between Wanda and Geraldine. Wanda keeps questioning her about who she actually is. Geraldine is like, look, I'm your neighbor, and Wanda says, then how do you know about Ultron? See, that lets us know right there. She wiped all these people's memory clean. Y'all shouldn't know shit about Ultron or uh, or Quicksilver. Y'all shouldn't know about none of this stuff that I did. Y'all damn sure shouldn't know about uh, Sokovia and uh, Accords when I killed all them damn people. Y'all shouldn't know about none of this. Wanda said, you ain't my friend. You ain't my buddy, old pal. You ain't nothing to me. Wanda got them hands together like she always do. They got the lighting up and she blasted Monica's ass right back to Eastview or, or Westview or Southside Chicago, wherever the hell that uh, that they blasted her ass back to. She goes through the wall in the house, through the gates, and she goes right back through that force field that we saw her enter at the beginning of the episode. 
we then immediately see Wanda kind of trying to compose herself as best she can. And then she fixes that entire mess that she just created. Like, you know, the books are going back onto the shelves. The walls are being fixed. The fences are being uh, reconstructed. All of that is being fixed. You can tell, though, that her mental state is really kind of, ooh, the only word to describe it is her mental state is fucked. <laughs> Vision comes inside of the house and this is when you can really tell that stuff is bad. We get our first kind of, I can't speak for all of you, but I get what's, it's hard to kind of scare me, but I get a jump scare watching this episode. It was beautifully done by Marvel. I mean, my God, she turns to greet him and it's not the vision that she had created. You know, the one she's loved and been in Scotland with and all this, the one that she's known over all the years, the one with the, the purple burgundy red face and you know, the mind stone and all this kind of stuff. She sees the vision that she last remembers. And if you all remember correctly, vision the one that she last remembers was the one who thanos take that mind stone and crushed it right out of his head it was brutal y'all remember that scene in infinity war that was the one that she saw then and she kind of jumped and she looked away but then when she looked back i guess she had time to kind of mentally compose herself and then he was right there better as ever kind of scared too as you can tell cut back to uh, the kind of the, the area that sword had marked off outside of Westview, the alarms are going off, as I said earlier, and they're all rushing outside. Monica has now come back and baby, baby, she said, Monica, she said, Wanda is with the shits. Wanda is doing all of this. Don't blame nobody else. Don't go past gold. Don't collect 200. Take your ass to jail. As a matter of fact, take Wanda with you. Cause she's the one that's doing all of this. Before I end this episode, because that was, I'm to episode four was immaculate. I just want to kind of give some props. The acting on this show is next level. They are all jumping from genre to genre, from decade to decade, and they are all doing it flawlessly. But I want to give a special shout out to Paul Bettany. I don't know what it is, but I have just been enjoying the hell out of him in this sitcom. He is such a fucking amazing actor. And I mean, in every single genre, he's hilarious as a comedic actor, like those black and white episodes, his little, like, uh, the small, like twitches he does with his face and all like the big comedic mom, you know, the big, uh, uh, kind of stock, you know, what you would expect from that era. He does all of that so well, his facial expressions, but what I really loved in this episode was him going seamlessly from that to someone who's obviously concerned and someone who obviously knows that stuff is not right in his universe. That ending scene, his facial expressions made all of that worth the while. My God, my God, y'all, this episode was phenomenal. And I cannot wait for episode five, episode six, episode seven, episode eight, episode nine. I want it all. I can't wait till we get to these last three episodes specifically. Apparently, they're supposed to be the ones that Marvel says is, quote unquote, the most like MCU, like what you would expect from an MCU movie. So I'm guessing we'll get a whole lot of big blast and we're going to get met with some other superheroes trying to figure out what the hell to do with Wanda. I'm guessing we're going to finally get introduced to Monica Rambeau as either Photon or Spectrum or whoever she's supposed to be. 
I'm I'm ready for it all. Y'all, this has been Kendrick, host of the Me and You, the Housewives and Marvel 2 podcast. That's all I got. I ain't got no more. Y'all, let's keep watching WandaVision. I'm just... I'm inside. I'm, I'm... I'm just, I, every time I, it gets to be Friday, I'm just jumping up and down. This show has been everything I needed. I've been missing Marvel so much. Let's all just take a moment to enjoy the small things in life or something stupid like that. You know, all these damn uh, motivational speakers always saying some shit like that. Let's just all be uh, wonderful people and keep watching Marvel and extrapolate the lessons that we can learn or or some shit like that. I don't know. Uh, Inspiration. Bye. As always, thanks for listening. Want to support me for free? Just head on over to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Podchaser or CastBox and leave me a five-star rating and review. Need to contact me? Just email me, housewivesmarvelpodcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram for hilarious memes and all kinds of updates regarding the podcast. That's at housewivesmarvelpodcast. This is Kendrick, and I'll see ya! Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.